Happy Friday. It is January 13th. We're in Matthew chapter 13. We have a long chapter today. We're going to get through it, though. So we this can't do as many, uh, many comments this time. That's right. This is Junior. And I'm, I'm Scott. With Scott. And Dad, you're going to go ahead and start us off with reading. All right, verse 1, chapter 13, Matthew 13. Later that day, that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. He loved that lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables? When you talk to the people, and a parable is a story that has a lesson to it. Verse 11, he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. Now, the word listen there is important to understand. It's not just hearing it, but they're, they're taking it to heart. He says, those who take it to heart, they're going to even gain more knowledge because they are truly listening. But for those who are not listening, it's just going in one ear and out the other. Even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Verse 14, this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened. And their eyes cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Which is the reality of a lot of people today. We work with people, we rub shoulders with people. Some of us have family members like this where they, they just don't see. And this all falls in what he was talking about when he was saying that some, it's going to be stony ground, some are going to get choked out by the weeds, but... But the thing is that some are going to hear and listen and they're going to receive. And so Jesus was talking about the difference between those. Yeah. Verse 16 then. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. And we see just, this in ministry, don't we? It's just there on the surface. Yeah, we see this in ministry, don't yeah. we? People, you know, attend church and, well, you know, after a little while, they, they, they grab some sort of false teaching or something else and then they're gone. It's the evil one snatching them away. It's and yet they had Jesus heard said. the same truths that those that received it and grew. Yeah. Verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They don't get other teaching. They don't grow themselves. They don't get into the Bible themselves. No. 
They eventually, as he says in verse 21, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And it's like, where is God? And we see this in the church as well. I, I would consider them like flash in the pans. You know, yeah. they, they come to church and they sign up for every single ministry under the sun the first Sunday, but after a few weeks, there's just, there's no depth. When it becomes hard, then they're out. They're gone. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. They're distracted. Verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And I see that good ground is, you don't see the evidence usually immediately because it takes a while for that seed to germinate and then for the plant to get above the surface of the ground. And typically it's those who take their time considering and making that decision where you see the genuine fruit. Actually, our sound engineer right now, Jack, I think of Jack, it probably took him a little too long, but I'll tell you what, when I knew Jack, I, I knew, in fact, I had a conversation with him. He says, because I don't just jump at things. I knew that when he was in, man, this guy was going to bear fruit. Yeah. And I think it's at this point when you read it through this, you have to ask yourself, what seed are you? Yeah. When it comes to the seed that the farmer spread, because this is where one of the seeds, which, which one is it for you? And I, and I love what Jesus says, is the seed that fell in the good soil produces a harvest of 36 to a year, mm-hmm. even 100 times is if we really fell in deep soil, there is, there's fruit in our lives that, that we are bearing. Verse 24, here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field, but that night as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest, then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them and to put the wheat in the barn. Essentially, Jesus was saying, it's not up to us to differentiate between those that are genuine and those that are fake. We'll let God take care of that, and let's be careful about how we're making those judgments. Let God take care of those judgments. Junior, you want to pick up in verse 31 then? Verse 31, Jesus says, here's another, illust- here's another illustration Jesus used. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. You ever seen a mustard seed? It is extremely tiny. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of a garden plant. It grows into a tree and the birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. I love how Jesus loved telling stories and using yeah. illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus also used stories and illustrations like these when speaking with the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken to the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Which Jesus, I think he already done, had done that, but it's like they want to stay on this subject, right? Do. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom of God. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angels. 
Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be done at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And this is where faith really comes in because we're not living for what goes on right now. It's the end that matters most. Yeah, we're living 500 years from now is really what matters. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he did... He hid it again and and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovers the pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And to wrap this up kind of in a real short, little concise way, because there's powerful truth here. Jesus is saying is if we're really talking about heaven, if we're really talking about eternal life with God, we would be willing to sell everything that we have, get rid of everything in the world, in order to have that. And that's the value of the gospel. It should mean everything to us. Yeah. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the, when the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down and sorted the good fish, fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they replied. We do. I then, think, I, I just want to add this. I, I like the saying that it's all going to get sorted out in the end. Yeah. And that's that we have to constantly remind ourselves of this as well, that God's got it all figured out. And I may not be able to figure out why these bad things are happening and why this person's getting away with this, but Jesus is giving us this promise. It is going to get sorted out. We just have to trust the one who will sort it out when it's all over. Yeah. Then Jesus added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as as well as old. Verse 53, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country, returned to Nazareth, his hometown, which had been about a day walk. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, "Where where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? And then some scoffers said, this is, this is the carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his disciples, James and Joseph and Simon no, his, and, his, and Judas. His mother and, and his brothers. His brothers. What did I say? <laughs> disciples. Oh, his, his disciples, I'm sorry. Jesus had siblings. That's what's right. You know, yeah. All the sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? I love this. They're like, we remember this guy running around in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is, not honored, every, is honored everywhere except in his hometown among his family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Well, more could be said about this, but uh, you know, let's let's get into Proverbs. We are also asking everybody to read their the Proverbs uh, that corresponds with the day of the week. And so we're talking yep. about Proverbs thirteen yep. today. And, and uh, we're not going to read it all the way through. You should nope. do it on your own. But verse three, I just want to point out verse three. It says, "Those who control their tongue will have a long life." Opening your mouth can ruin everything. I think we've seen a lot of people ruin everything just with their mouth. Yeah. Some some of us have difficulty in our family relationships. Some of us are heading into a difficult work environment because of an uncontrolled tongue. So the application for today on this proverb is focus today on everything that you say. How does God want you to control your tongue? Saying that which will benefit and bless others and not saying those things that will tear down. 
Hey, this has been great spending this time with you once again. This is Between the Lines, and uh, we're glad you joined us. Have a great rest of your day, and see you on Monday.